1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're about to wrap up chapter 15 today. Lord willing, it's just one verse. I think I can make it through one verse today. So we'll see. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. Therefore, my dear brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning, and I thank you for these good words. God, we need these words. As, as, as your children, God, we need this reminder, because God, it is tough sometimes. It is, it is tiring sometimes. It is discouraging sometimes, God. It is hard for us to be steadfast about your work. God, it's difficult sometimes for us to continue to be on mission for you because of the, the hard times and the struggles and just the difficulties we face, God. So I pray that in these words today that you would restore us if we need it, that you would remind us that, that you are with us, that you would remind us what you call us to do, and that you would remind us that, God, when we are doing your work, you are at work, whether we always see it or not. I pray, God, that you would help my head to clear up, help me not to, not to be distracted or worried about this, dear Lord, but that you just help me to preach and teach in a way that's going to be... Uh, bring glory to you, God, that's, that's going to that's gonna build each of us up today, that we will leave this place uh, praising you, God, for the work that you're going to do in our lives and have done already through uh, these songs and through this word that we are about to uh, dive into. And I just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Therefore, now we see that word oftentimes in Scripture. And usually when we see the word, therefore, it, it, it's, it's drawing us back to something that has just been talked about. Uh, when we see the word, therefore, we can ask ourselves, what is it there for? He is making this statement, Paul is, in verse 58, based on what he's talked about in the verses prior. Now, it could be just the prior verses where he's talking about the resurrection. Now, we've dealt with that in, in great detail over the last couple of months as we've uh, looked at this idea of the resurrection, uh, that Paul was correcting a misunderstanding or a false belief that the people of Corinth had, at least some of them, that there was not going to be a resurrection, that their loved ones were in the grave and that was the end, or possibly even worse, that Jesus Christ himself had not been resurrected. And Paul had corrected those, those, those false teachings, those misinterpretations uh, that the people had had on resurrection, and he had assured them that Jesus Christ has been resurrected, that those who have gone uh, and, and, and gone on before, those who have passed away, that had faith in Jesus Christ, they too are going to be resurrected. And not only was that resurrection going to take place, but he reminded them in the verses we looked at a couple of weeks ago that death has lost its victory. Death has lost its sting because of the resurrection. Jesus has conquered death and he shares that victory to us. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we are conquerors of death too 
through Jesus Christ. So therefore, based on that, based on the fact that we know Jesus Christ is victorious, we want to do these things that Paul is talking about in verse 58. It could be that his therefore is, is, is coming right at the conclusion of the book here. We're about to finish it up. And perhaps the therefore is pointing the people all the way back to the very beginning of the letter. Let's not forget, Paul has dealt with many things in the book of Corinthians, many issues uh, that were going on there in Corinth. And Paul was trying to correct their teachings. He was trying to encourage them. He was trying to uh, rebuke them when needed and, and, and tell them, no, you're on the wrong track in certain areas. Let me tell you what God's Word says. Let me remind you what you believe. Let me remind you what you've been taught and get you back on the right track so that you are not led astray. He could be referring to some of those things he's discussed before. Now, the list is long. I'll just remind you of some of the things we've covered in 1 Corinthians that Paul uh, may be reminding the people of as he makes this statement in verse 58. Uh, in verse, uh, or excuse me, in chapter 1 in 1 uh, Corinthians, he talks about uh, division in the church. He says he doesn't want the people to be divided. He wants the people to be undivided. That's where uh, we get the name for this series that we've been in, Undivided. It comes from this very verse that Paul is saying, look, don't be divided. He's dealing with division. In chapter 3, he deals with a spiritual immaturity. In chapter 4, he deals with pride. In chapter 5, he deals with sexual immorality. In chapter 6, he deals with lawsuits among believers. In chapter 7, he deals with marriage. In chapter 8, he deals with issues of food offered to idols. In chapter 10, he deals with idolatry. In chapter 11, he deals with the Lord's Supper. In chapter 12 through 14, he addresses the spiritual gifts and some misunderstandings. And in chapter 15, he is addressing those who are questioning the resurrection. Now, these are all issues that Paul has addressed and corrected and encouraged and helped the people to better understand and grow in through this letter that he has written to the Corinthians. It could be that at the end of this letter, as he's drawing to a close, that with this word, therefore, he is reminding them of all the things that he had taught them, all the things that he has told them, all the examples that he has given, and he is saying, therefore, based on all these things that you've heard, based on the fact that you know Jesus Christ is victorious, based on the fact that you've been corrected in your teaching and you've heard what God wanted you to hear through the words that I have written to you, therefore... My dear brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work. Now he refers to them as brothers here. These are Christians. These people that he is writing to, uh, most of them who were reading this letter were probably Christians. They were Christians that weren't always living right. They were Christians that sometimes were living in sin. They were Christians that sometimes maybe didn't fully understand all that they had been taught before, and so they had uh, misinterpreted or misunderstood, or perhaps a false teacher had come in and, and mixed in some lies with the truth, and Paul was still talking to Christians, though. They were Christians that Paul was saying, hey, look, as brothers and sisters in Christ, let me make sure that you have a proper understanding of Jesus Christ, of the Messiah, and of God's Word and what God calls us to. So he's speaking to Christians here. And these words are good for us. Why? Because we, like the Corinthians, are also Christians that sometimes sin. We are Christians that sometimes 
fall into the same categories of troubles that the Corinthians fell into. All that list that I just read to you, those are all things that do occur and can occur in our church today. That's why we must be on guard. And sometimes those situations arise and they must be addressed. That's what Paul wrote the letter uh, to the Corinthians for, was to address some issues that were going on. Now, in the middle of addressing many things that Paul addresses to many different people, he always does it out of love. He's not doing it saying, I, Paul, am over you and I'm so good because Jesus has appeared to me and you worthless little, little low on the totem pole sinners, y'all need to listen to me because I am Paul. Well, that's not the heart in which Paul is, is reaching out to the people that he reaches out to. At least that's not the impression I get from the words that he writes. What I see when I read the words of Paul is a man who genuinely loves and cares for the people he is writing to. He genuinely wants their well-being. He genuinely wants them to grow and to mature in the Lord. He is not writing to them to condemn them, but he is writing so that they <clears throat> repent and correct their false ways. Ways, that they get out of their life of sinfulness, that they know the truth and what is right about what God has commanded them so that they will do what is right. He is speaking to brothers and sisters in Christ, but they are brothers and sisters that sometimes live in sin. That's why these words that we've read throughout this book are good for us, even if we are a Christian, to know that, look, we may be living in some of these sinful ways in our life. And we read God's Word because it is through God's Word, I believe, that the Holy Spirit is able to convict us. It's able to reveal those things to us. When we read about that man or that woman in Scripture that Paul is correcting, perhaps we are struggling in that same area of sin in our life. And those words, while they may have been written to a person way back when, the Holy Spirit can, can use them to speak to our hearts right now and convict us of our own sinfulness so that the result will be the same for us that Paul desired for it to be for the people of Corinth, that they would repent of their sin, that they would come together as brothers and sisters in Christ, not divided by their sin and the enemy that tries to come in and destroy relationships among people and among the church, but so that we can, we can repent of our sin and that we can come together as brothers in Christ who are rightly taught God's word, who rightly understand God's word, and who aren't divided. If we are divided as a church, if we are living in sin as a church, if we don't really understand God's word as a church, then I believe that it's hard for us to be very effective as a church. But when we are repentant of our sin and we're walking closely with the Lord, uh, when we are loving one another, when we are coming together to help one another, when we do that and we're undivided, then we can be very effective as Christians and as a church. And I think that's what Paul uh, was trying to get across to the people of Corinth throughout this whole book. Therefore, based on all that's been taught, based on the fact that you are brothers and sisters in Christ, based on the fact that you know the truth now, that I have corrected you, that I have explained to you things that you may not have understood previously, he says, be steadfast. That is, stand strong where you are. Don't waver in what you've been taught. Now, that's important for us as Christians, that we don't waver uh, in, in, in God's Word and in what God has called us to uh, as Christians. 
As brothers and sisters in Christ, as Christians, God calls us to go out and be on mission. We have a mission to do. That is, reach lost souls. That is, to tell them the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and what he did for them. That there is forgiveness of their sins through Jesus Christ and Christ alone. We have a mission to do, and we need to be steadfast in that. We need to be unwavering in that. And that's kind of hard to do, right? I mean, it's easy to, to sit here and say we need to do it. And even in our heart, we know we need to do it. But sometimes we kind of waver a little bit, maybe. Because it's difficult, right? We go into the world and we begin to try to reach people and teach people and tell them the truth. And sometimes it's a hard truth, right? Because the Bible is full of hard truths that maybe we don't want to hear. Because it may affect the way we're living. It may change something that we're doing, and we may not want to change, or we may not want to accept or believe what we're doing is wrong, when all the while the Bible says, hey, and this is not right. So there are hard truths in the Bible. They are hard for Christians to accept, and they are very hard for non-believers to accept. And we go out into the world, and what the world says is okay and acceptable is really exactly the opposite of what Scripture says is okay and acceptable the majority of the time. And so many times as Christians, it's easier for us to just kind of take a step back and just kind of go with the flow. After all, we don't want to cause any ripples. We don't want to offend anybody. Uh, if, we, if we speak out for the Lord, people may come against us. Uh, we may get sued. We may be on the news. We may be this, that, or the other. Our life may be difficult. We may lose our job. We may fracture relationships with our families. But as Christians, when we know what God's Word says is right, and we know what God calls us to, no matter how hard it may be, we must be steadfast. We must be unwavering. We must say, I'm going to stand for what God calls me to stand for, and I'm not going to let the culture or my friends or my family dictate and let me, let me step back from what God calls me to do. Now, that's hard to do. I get it. I don't say that as somebody who has mastered that. I understand that sometimes it is very difficult to take a stand for God because there are consequences. It affects our lives, it affects our families, it affects our relationships sometimes. But we must be steadfast on what God calls us to. We can't compromise on God's Word. We can't compromise what God calls us to as Christians because it's hard. The Bible never tells us that it's going to be easy. It's very easy to become a Christian because Jesus Christ has done everything for you. You just simply accept what he has done, make him your Lord and Savior, repent of your sins, and, and Jesus Christ will send the Holy Spirit. He will be your Lord and Savior. Your sins will be cleansed through what he did on the cross. And that's very easy to do, praise the Lord. It doesn't require us to jump through hoops. It doesn't require us to do anything because Jesus has done everything. Becoming a Christian is easy, but living out the life of a Christian is not always easy. Sometimes it's very hard. It's very hard because being a Christian says that we are going to do what God says. And it's hard because everything that the world seems like it wants to do and say nowadays is the opposite of what God says. And so it's not an easy walk. It's a struggle. 
It's a struggle for us as Christians. But Paul is saying, based on what you know, based on what you've been taught, based on the victory that comes through Jesus Christ, be steadfast, brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, we need to hear this message too, right? Because we face these struggles and these hard times and these difficulties, and it's hard sometimes to do the right thing. Sometimes it's hard to do the right thing. Sometimes it's easier just to throw our hands up and say, you know what, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to do whatever. But are we being effective for, for God if we do that? Are we, are, are we being effective in, in leading lost souls to Jesus Christ if we don't take a stand for the Lord when we need to? Now, when we take a stand for the Lord, we need to be careful as to how we do that and the kind of things that we are taking a stand on. Paul goes on to say to be steadfast and to be immovable. Be immovable. When I think about something that is immovable, the first thing that came to my mind was a mountain. That's something that, that cannot be moved. That's something that is firmly planted into place. That is something mighty. That is something strong. And as Christians, we are to be immovable. That is, we need to be steadfast. We need to take a stand for God. And we don't need to let the culture or other people uh, make us compromise what God's Word says. We need to be immovable. And that's very difficult to do. But we need to be careful on the things that we take a stand on. I think sometimes as Christians, we, we, we say, oh, the Word says be immovable, so therefore I'm going to take my stand on this, and I'm not going to budge. But sometimes the things that we are taking our stand on are, are trivial things, are things that are not really important are things that are not really building up or tearing down the kingdom of God. We need to take our stand on things that matter. We need to take our stand on things that make a difference in people's lives. That it, that things that are going to show them the love of Christ. Things that are going to let them know that there needs to be repentance of their life. Oftentimes as Christians, or sometimes I should say as Christians... We kind of get caught up with things and we may dispute or argue among ourselves, not necessarily in this church, but in general. And sometimes as Christians, we begin to debate, to debate certain issues and certain topics and certain things. And, and we get so consumed with that and we say, I'm planting right here. I'm going to be immovable. I'm not budging on this thing. And it may be something that's not really that important. And we want to be immovable on the things that are important. The souls of people in this world are important. They need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. They need to know the love of Jesus Christ. And they need to know that the lifestyle that they are living in, the way that they are living in, is not what the Bible calls us to. We need to be careful, right? Does that mean that we all get our megaphones and we head out after church and say, okay, here's what God's word says wrong, here's what it says wrong, here's what it says wrong, let's go tell the world. Well, yeah, we want to tell the world because we want them to turn to God, but we do that out of love. Are we when, we, when we stand and we condemn people in that way, are we really being effective for the Lord? We need to have some grace there. We need to have some genuine care there, some genuine love there. We need to be immovable. We need to take a stand for the Lord. We don't need to compromise what we believe, but it's a difficult task that we have. And there may be times where we do need to take a stand and be more bold. And there may be other times where 
by loving on people and sharing with them the grace of Jesus Christ and, and telling them the truth and love instead of uh, condemning them for all the sin that they are doing may be a better way to do it. It's not just that we want to tell people that they are wrong. It'd be easy to tell people everything that's sinful and everything that's wrong. After all, we've got plenty of sin in our life, do we not? It's easy to point out what sin is, but... We don't want people just to know what sin is. We want people to know that Jesus Christ loves them. We want people to know that Jesus Christ died on a cross for them. We want people to know that there is hope. We want people to know that there is somebody who is with them in their burdens and their struggles and their worries and their fears and their confusion and their heartaches and their stresses and their hard times. We don't want to just go and say, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. Sure they are. So are we. But we want to tell people that there is a Savior who can save you, who can be with you, who can strengthen you, who can forgive you of your sins. And so many times... As Christians, we kind of we, we, we miss the message of the gospel because we're too busy condemning people. Yeah, we know what the Bible says is right and wrong, but we also want to bring the grace and the love of Jesus Christ when we present that message to them. Be steadfast and movable, always excelling in the Lord's work. As brothers and sisters in Christ, do we excel in the Lord's work? Or some translations would say abound. Are we abounding? Are we excelling in God's work? Are we giving God all that we have? Are we doing the best that we can for the Lord? Or do we just say, well, I'm a Christian now. I'm just going to lock it in on cruise control, and Jesus will be back in a few years. The way it's looking, it probably won't be long, so I'm just going to kind of mail it in, and I'm just going to cruise until Jesus Christ returns or until I die. Well, I believe if we have that attitude or if we're living that way, we're not excelling in the Lord's work. God wants us to excel in His work. We need to be in the Word. We need to know the Word. We need to pray to God and say, God, help me, because this is tough. God, I see this person that I want to come to you. I see that they're living in a life of sin that's destroying them, that's destroying their family. And God, I know what they're doing is wrong, but God, how can I reach them and show them your love? How can I, how can I speak to them in a way and connect with them in a way that they're going to listen to what I have to say, God, that they're going to want to listen to your word? It's tough. We have to pray about it. God, how do I deal with this situation? God, how do I deal with that situation? They're all different. We all experience in different situations and different struggles and trials and hard times when we're trying to reach people and we're trying to excel in the Lord's work. It's not easy. And so it requires a lot of prayer. Because if we go on these uh, these 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 task by ourselves, if we go on this mission by ourselves and we never seek the Lord, then it's a very difficult mission. It's very overwhelming. And there's a little pride, I think, that comes in there too when we fail to go to the Lord as often as we should. But when we see that the task before us is difficult, that it's not an easy task, that sometimes God puts people in our path or God calls us to certain places or certain people to minister to them, when we see, well, that's really difficult. What do I do? What do I say? How do I, how do, I do this, God? Well, the best thing for us to do is just to pray to Him and say, God, just help me. God, I don't know. Be in the Word. Pray to God. And I believe, because I've seen it in my own life, and you probably have too, that when you're really in the Word and you're really seeking God, He will help you to know what to do. 
He will give you the scripture you need. He will give you the encouragement you need. He will give you the boldness that you need. He will will prepare the heart of the person you're going to talk to before you ever get there. That's pretty unbelievable how God does that. It's amazing. If you bathe something in prayer and you are prayerful of the person that you are wanting to minister to and you are prayerful uh, for yourself that God would help you and guide you and lead you through the process, if you seek the Lord and humble yourself and say, God, I need you because I am weak, but I need your strength, I need your guidance, I need your boldness, I need your word, I need the Holy Spirit to go before me. When we seek God and we humble ourselves... Boy, it's, it's pretty amazing how God oftentimes seems to make things fall into place. But not always. There are some people whose hearts are hardened, like we see with Pharaoh in Exodus. Every opportunity that Pharaoh had to do what God was calling him to, to do what was right, and Pharaoh's heart was so hard he couldn't crack through. Sometimes we encounter those people in our lives. Maybe it's not that we're not praying hard enough. Maybe it's not that we're not spiritually mature enough. It may just be that their heart is hard. So what do we do in those situations? I say we just keep praying for them. We just pray that God would soften it. How long do we pray? You pray till you feel like you don't need to. You pray till you, if you feel at peace about it and not praying about it, then quit praying about it. I say pray about it for a day, for a week, for a month, for a year, for a lifetime. And I think oftentimes as Christians, that's what we do. I would say as Christians, very seldom probably do we give up praying for people, even those who are hardened. Why? Because there is a love there that we have for them, a love that comes through Jesus Christ, a love that comes from the Holy Spirit, a love that drives us to continue to strive with them because we don't want to give up on them, because we don't want to see their soul banished to the lake of fire for all of eternity because they've rejected Jesus Christ. And so we strive with them, we struggle with them, we pray for them, we put up with them, we continue to try to reach them. We don't give up on them. Why? Because Jesus Christ didn't give up on us. And that same love that's, that's, that's in Jesus Christ is in us. That same Holy Spirit is in all of us as brothers and sisters in Christ, and that drives us to put up with a lot. Because after all, hasn't God put up with a lot from us? Hadn't we sinned a whole lot? Don't we still sometimes sin a whole lot? God is long-suffering. God is patient. Not that he is okay with our sin, but he desires for us to repent. And so that desire that we have when we encounter those people who are hard and we get angry with them and we get mad and we say, I've tried God. I'm never going to talk to them again. I've done all I can do and they're not going to listen. I'm done with them. And we may feel that way in the moment in our frustrations, but oftentimes that Holy Spirit in our life it, it, it brings a sense of, of burden that we have for them. Golly, God, I can't give up on them because, God, you did give up on me. God, I still love them. Even though they treated me wrong, they said something mean to me, they, they, just, they don't listen to me, they don't respect me, God, I still love them. I'm still broken for them. And that's the love of Christ that is in us. That's the Holy Spirit that is in us. And that's what drives us or should drive us to do exactly what Paul is saying here. We have a mission to do. It's not an easy mission. But Paul says, look, based on the victory that we have through Jesus Christ, be steadfast and movable, always excelling in the Lord's work. Give it all 
you've got. And then he gives a good reminder here that is good for me. This, this, this may not be what you need to hear, but boy, this is, this is good for me to hear. It says, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You know what my biggest enemy is? Being a Christian and being a pastor is discouragement. That's my, I think that's my biggest enemy. Because it's tough, right? When you pour your heart out into a person you're ministering to, or maybe you're over a ministry, or, or you're dealing with a family member, or whatever it may be as Christians, we, we pour our heart into the Lord's work. And sometimes it seems like we don't see any results. And that's tough, right? Because when you're, when you're pouring your heart out into something, and you see results, boy, it's, it's easy to keep going. It's easy to stay excited. It's easy to just keep on, keep on, and excelling because you're seeing work. You're seeing results. But it's very discouraging as a Christian when, it, when you feel like and you think that you're, that you're doing God's work and you feel like you're, you're putting everything you've got into it, whatever it may be in your life, and you don't see any results. And you may find yourself asking the question, God, has anything I've done been worth anything? Has there been anything good that has come of this or that or investing in this person or that person or this situation and that situation? God, is it, is it all in vain? Perhaps we ask ourselves that question. Perhaps uh, the enemy uses that in your life too, not just my life, that discouragement to say, you know what, we've done all we can do and it's just pointless. We're not seeing any results. Is it all in vain? No, it's not. You say, well, how can you say that? I'm not seeing any results. I can say that because that's what God's Word says. Knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So even if we, as brothers and sisters in Christ, don't see immediate results from the work that we are doing for the Lord... If you are doing a work for the Lord, and I'm saying for the Lord, it doesn't say just doing a work. It says doing a work for the Lord. It's not for you. It's not for your motives. It's not so people will look at you. But if you are really doing what you do to serve the Lord, you are doing it for the Lord. You are giving it all you've got in the Lord. Even if you don't see the results that you think you ought to see, I can tell you that it's not in vain because God's Word tells us that our work in the Lord is not in vain. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. I need to hear that because I'm the type of person that I need, I need results right now. If I try something for a week and it ain't get results, then it's a failure. I'm the kind of person that I'm impatient. I need to see something right now. But what we have to remember as Christians, as brothers and sisters in Christ, is that we are not running a sprint. We are not running as fast as we can for a reward instantly. If you've ever watched the Olympics in the last dozen years or so, you've no doubt seen or heard of Usain Bolt. And he gets up on the starting line for the 100-meter dash, and the, and, the, and the gun goes off, pop, and just like that, he's finished. About nine seconds, nine and a half seconds later, he crosses the finish line, and it's over. He's worked, he's worked, he's trained, he's put it all in there. The race starts instantly. Nine and a half seconds later, he gets the reward. He gets the gold medal every time. He's never not gotten the gold medal. 
He gets the gold medal every time. It's, it's easy to keep going when, you, when you're continually getting the reward time after time after time. But as brothers and sisters in Christ, we're not sprinters. We're not running a 100-yard dash. We don't come in today and say, Okay, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to go out and I'm going to work hard for a week. And I'm going to get the reward and I'm going to take the rest of my life off. That's not what God calls us to. We don't run a sprint. We run a marathon. And we run that marathon until we leave this earth. Until the Lord calls us home or until Jesus Christ returns for us. We don't get the reward here. We may not always see the results and effects of the work that we've done in the Lord. As Paul has addressed even in 1 Corinthians. Some plant the seed, some water the seed, some work with the seed, whatever it may be. Whatever work that you have done throughout your life, just because maybe you haven't seen the results that you want, it doesn't mean that it was in vain. If you have done it to the best of your ability, if you have done it for the Lord, it is not in vain. You never know the impact that you might have by the person that you love on, by the person that you help, by the person that you hug, by the person that you pray for, by the person that you say a kind word to. Sometimes we, we, we think so big. I heard a song this week called Dream Small. That was a, it was a good song for me to, to hear because oftentimes... Our goals may be very, very big, and we want to see big goals, and we want to see big results, and we want to pour our efforts into the big things, but maybe all we need to be focused on is the little things. The small things that make the big difference. And you know what I'm talking about, because you've experienced it. The phone call that somebody calls you and says, hey, I was just thinking about you. I know you've been sick, just wanted to call and let you know I'm praying for you. That takes like a minute. Boy, it makes a difference. When you get that card in the mail, when you've been sick for a few months, you're battling cancer, and somebody sends you that card with that scripture and says, I'm thinking about you, I'm praying for you. It makes a big difference. When you, when you see the person at the store and, and they're, they're having a hard day because every other customer that's come has jumped on them or hollered at them or whatever, and you say something kind to them. Say, boy, you're doing a good job. I always like it when you check me out because you do it good. I always like it when you make my sandwich because you do this, that, and the other. It's amazing what a kind word will do to somebody. We don't have to pack our bags and go to Burma to be a missionary, although if God calls you to that, praise the Lord. That's great. And sometimes we think, though, just because I'm not going across the world or just because I'm not able to, to do this or that or the other, I'm not doing anything for the Lord. But that's a lie from the devil. That is a lie. Maybe we just need to focus on more of the small things, the little things that we can do for people, the things that may change their life. How do we get people to listen to us as Christians? How do we get people to hear what we're having to say? How do we get people to listen to the gospel of Jesus Christ and turn to Jesus Christ? We live it out. We let them see in our life that we are different from the rest of the world. That we care, that we are loving, that we are kind, that we are gentle, that we are humble. And when we do those things, even the smallest thing, or the biggest thing, there's nothing wrong with doing big things for the Lord, by the way. But whatever it is that we may do, 
if you don't see the results that you want instantly, know that if you are doing God's work, if you are laboring for the Lord, it is not in vain. That word labor there is a good word for us. Now, labor is something that doesn't happen instantaneously, as you women, some of you can probably attest to. Sometimes uh, women are in labor for, for days, for long periods of time. And I would only assume, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that it's very uncomfortable, that it's very painful, that you're, you're ready for it to, to, to be over, to be completed. And I think that's a good illustration for our work with the Lord sometimes. Sometimes we do God's work and God blesses it and we see results and it's not that, e uh, not that difficult and things fall into place. Praise God, sometimes He does that for us. But other times it's a, it's a labor. It's something that we have to put days, or weeks, or months into. It's hard. It's painful. We have to sacrifice. But as brothers and sisters in Christ, it's a labor of love. It's something that we do, not because we have to to earn our salvation. Jesus has already given us that through His death on the cross. We do it not to gain salvation, but we do it because we've already been given salvation. We, we do these things that God calls us to. We do the difficult. We do what's not easy. We keep going. We keep going. We don't give up. We don't give in. We are steadfast. We are movable. We are always excelling in the Lord's work because we know that if we labor in the Lord that our work is not in vain. So take that. Be encouraged by that, brother and sister in Christ. Be encouraged by that. That even though whatever you're walking through or going through in life, it may be difficult. Be encouraged to know that God is with you. Be encouraged to know that if you are doing it for the Lord, He is going to bless that. I believe that. We may not always see the results that we want to see instantly, but we will see results. I'll do something kind of odd today. I, I couldn't help but think of, of this song uh, when I was studying over the last couple of days. A song that most of you may know. It's good words because it's a good reminder of exactly of what I think Paul is calling us to here in these verses. And I'll close with this. To the work, to the work, we are servants of God. Let us follow the path that our Master has trod. With the balm of his counsel, our strength to renew. Let us do with our might what our hands find to do. Toiling on, toiling on, toiling on, toiling on. Let us hope and trust, let us watch and pray, and labor till the Master comes. To the work, to the work, let the hungry be fed. To the fountain of life, let the weary be led. In the cross and its banner our glory shall be. While we herald the tidings, salvation is free. Toiling on, toiling on, toiling on. Toiling on, let us hope and trust, let us watch and pray, and labor till the Master comes. 
To the work, to the work, there is labor for all, for the kingdom of darkness and error shall fall. And the name of Jehovah exalted shall be in the loud swelling clouds. Chorus, salvation is free. Toiling on, toiling on, toiling on, toiling on. Let us hope and trust, let us watch and pray, and labor till the Master comes. To the work, to the work, and the strength of the Lord, and a robe and a crown shall our labor reward. When the home of the faithful our dwelling shall be, and we shout with a ransom, salvation is free. Toiling on, toiling on, toiling on, toiling on. Let us hope and trust, let us watch and pray, and labor till the Master comes. Let's pray. Amen. Father God, help us to, to toil on. Help us to go through the struggles and the heartaches and the difficulties and the hard times that we face in life, dear Lord. Help us to Therefore, remember all that your word has said, all the grace, all the mercy, all the truth, all the forgiveness that we have, God. Let us remember that Jesus Christ has victory. Therefore, God, let us be steadfast, immovable, dear Lord. Let us excel in your work. Let us labor until you come, God. No matter what the world may throw at us, let us not give up. God, the devil uses discouragement in some of our lives. God, help us to know that our work in you is not in vain. God, help us not to be discouraged because we don't have instant results, but help us to run the race with endurance, keeping our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith. That is God, Jesus Christ. Let us not give up, but God, let us be those who are found faithful. God, let us not give up. God, your word doesn't tell us that when the day comes, you will say, well done, my good and faithful quitter. No, God, your word says to those who do your work and are faithful to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. So, God, let us be faithful servants of you in all that we do. God, bind the enemy from attacking us, from discouraging us, from, from getting us off track, from, from letting us be misled or misunderstand scriptures. But God, let us be steadfast in your word to read it, to know it, and to live it, God. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.